Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. Congratulations, Tom. Ah, thanks. Papa. Uh, I have another baby now. Another baby. Is that seven babies now? Two. two. Yes, seven. No, uh, two. And they're, they were suspiciously similar at birth. They weighed the same amount, and they were born two days apart, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. But uh, yeah, it's good. Ari is his name, and uh, he sleeps a lot, so that's great. And that's uh, mommy and baby are doing well, so can't ask for more. I was sick the last two days, so that is lame. But uh, no one else got sick, so... Yeah, you're not important. Yeah, well, I I kind of am. (laughs) No. Just because I have to watch our toddler. But, uh, you know. They can look after himself. I'm just a fancy babysitter, that's all. So this did make me think, though, right? Because you're a two-person shop. Like that's that's the whole of Studio Neat. So I assume for for a portion of time, at least fifty percent of Studio Neat is not really contributing as much as normal. And I well, wondered, like when babies when babies are when babies are here. Yeah, when babies are born, you know, you've got you've got stuff that you want to do. You know, paternity leave and all that stuff. I'm sure you guys have a really great benefits package. Uh, that you offer to your employees <laughs> so i just wondered like what is it like I'll, I'll ask you dan what is it what is it like when there is a big distraction like this which takes tom away i mean it's not super different uh because the way we have our company set up is we're actually fairly independent in how we work like we work from our own homes and we just communicate kind of sparingly throughout the day and we kind of have our own tasks to do um so there's definitely this time around there's some stuff like tom for example tom basically uh is the the main liaison with manufacturing stuff uh like he's the one that's communicating with the uh for example premier source for the glyph manufacturing that we're in the middle of mm-hmm. um so that is something that can't really be uh delayed or put aside and it could uh like i could pick up the ball on that but he's just like so invested in it like there's there's already like a dialogue happening that yeah that would be a lot of work to get you up to speed yeah, yeah, so there's certain things that uh you know he he still has to manage uh but you know thankfully it's like it's something that you can kind of dip in and out of instead of like requiring a full time 8 hour per day commitment um but yeah it's actually i mean tom can speak to what it was like when i was taking some time when i had a a baby a few months ago um but yeah i think it it goes pretty smoothly like we're just in a, an incredibly privileged position to be able to kind of do that and, and have things still continue to run. Yeah, definitely. I think it's like the best thing about the decisions we made with Studio Neat is the fact that like we can do that and it feels pr- like pretty easy. Um, it, it's definitely like I could probably, I can definitely keep the ball moving forward with pretty minimal effort mm-hmm. uh, day to day. Um, 
you know, if I'm if we're like in the middle of designing something or like developing something, it would be more of a problem. But we kind of we knew we knew the babies were coming. So we kind of planned, you know, to where we should be in like product development cycles, basically. So, but yeah, but right now um, we're pretty it's pretty easy to kind of keep the ball moving uh, and not have it be a huge deal. So, yeah, cause I guess with where you guys are right now, it's a lot of like confirming this, like ordering that. Yeah. And a lot of that stuff can be done whenever you get a couple of minutes to send an email. But like, if you were launching a brand new Kickstarter during the time that you are just like, it would take maybe a week to get to know your new child. Like that would be a whole different kettle of fish. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And so, uh, yeah, we just kind of planned around it. But yeah, work it works out. And, um, you know, sometimes like this stuff makes me think like, maybe we could work way less and get way more done. <laughs> We're very like strategic with our... But that's not really true. <laughs> yeah, because then this is the thing that you're 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 running things in maintenance mode. And yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. unfortunately, that's not how a, a company works. There's only been yeah. a couple of times for me and Stephen where one of us has been like completely out of it. Like I I take trips. Like I take a lot of trips every year, and and some are vacation, some are work and stuff. But when I take those, like I don't go off the grid, right? Like I. I will yeah. still kind of respond to emails and stuff like that. But there was a, a week last year where I, I got pretty sick and I just couldn't do anything. And that was <laughs> that was an interesting test case because there was no preparation for it. And uh. kind of was like the two of us trying to deal with that where like I was kept falling asleep halfway through writing emails and Stephen needed, oh. like, <laughs> needed my help with things. Uh, so that was, that was an interesting, um, it was an interesting experience and it ties into something else that we're doing right now and trying to get uh, an assistant because that will yeah. help us put some processes in place for if and when things like this happen. And then there was also a time when Stephen went on a vacation where he was basically going to be in the woods for like a week so I I took over some of his things, but that worked because we were able to like hand things over and he did some preparation in advance and stuff like that. So that works fine. But yeah. it, it is making me think more about like emergency preparedness <laughs> uh, and, and how we deal with that, right? Like where are the fire exits and stuff like that? Um, I, I think it's becoming... And the reason I say this is because like our business... The dependencies are different because it's other people, right? Like yeah. other people yeah, yeah. Are, are waiting for us and relying on things for us in, in a different way to like a uh, consumer and retailer perspective. Like yeah. it kind of feels a bit a bit different. Like someone's giving you money and then you will provide them with the product when the product is done. And that is like an expectation that everybody knows. But for us, it's like people are doing work that we are helping them get paid for and we have to make sure that, that they get paid. Yeah. Well, and everything's on a schedule. Like everything's yeah, scheduled. Yeah, so it's not exactly. like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's tricky. I think I saw uh, the job posting you guys were doing. And that's a. So that's just for. Is, is that really a catch all? Like <laughs> it's like here in person, you're an administrative assistant, but really you might end up doing everything sometimes. Or is that. Or is it pretty scoped? Like is it pretty tight? We, we know the jobs that they're starting out doing. And uh -huh. like, so like the things that we have in mind initially are totally like, 
working with me on admin and like some paperwork related to sponsorship stuff. But we hope that this role would maybe grow a little bit, which is why like the job description is a line, uh, which I love, which Stephen Stephen put this together uh, very well. And it's this one line that I really like where it just says, assisting the co-founders of Relay FM with other tasks is required. (laughs) (laughs) It's like other stuff that comes up. But like it, it will, I expect for a long time, the job would just be administration of some description but like the majority of admin that our company needs is based around just making sure that the advertising is okay. Like yeah. that all the copy mm-hmm. is updated, that the systems are updated, that the invoices have been sent out, that like somebody's checking that the invoices have been looked at. And you know, like it's, it's all yeah. those little things where like we do them, but we don't do them as well as somebody would do them if it was what they did. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. 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 So that that's kind of like the thinking. And then my hope is that it will also force us into creating some systems which allow for emergencies. Like we all of the contacts that that I talk to, they're saved nowhere but in my email. Uh yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I yeah. know the name of this person to get this thing and we don't we don't share that information in any way, right? Yeah. But if I'm working with somebody on that, they will need to know it. So we will then create a system which will be updated with all of those individuals and stuff like that, right? So it's yeah. like we're this is like for me, it's serving a dual purpose. It's giving us some help that we need, but also preparing us for future growth and or disasters, which I think <laughs> is important. Like a mudslide. Yeah. <laughs> if there was a mudslide and it trapped me in my front door and, and, and like some mud got through and leaked on my computer and it broke and then, uh, you know, someone's got to yeah. be there. And the cloud went down. So is this person like a, a, like a, a remote, a remote yeah. individual? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My office is mega, but it's not that mega. <laughs> uh, plus, like, uh, it doesn't really matter. Well, is it? Didn't Stephen build like a little? I mean, didn't he build like a little uh, chalet in his backyard? He did. He did. He, he could totally fit. I'm going to tell him he could totally fit somewhere in there with him. <laughs> so the thing is, for us, right? Like, it doesn't matter because we're spread out across the globe. Yeah, yeah you're already remote. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I thought that you know, maybe if this person was awake in the morning when I was awake before everybody else, like if they lived in Europe or something, then that would be nice because I could get my work done. But then all of the companies that contact me tend to be American companies. So they're kind of no, as of right now, like I don't know what the the best time is for this person to be working. Like, so Mm -hmm. i.e. what part of the world. So we're kind of just, it's going to be remote and we'll deal with it later. This seems like a, dream job for a college student uh yeah just because like the remote aspect the the amount of hours uh the uh potential flexibility of kind of when those hours are worked Mm -hmm. like if i was in college now and i you know i was a fan of relay fm like this would be awesome i would definitely apply so this is part of the application as well in that you, you know, if any job like this experience is always a good thing, right? Like if, mm-hmm. if somebody has experience in uh, being an assistant or like admin assistants and like experience in some way, that would be awesome. So in our job application, it says like ideal requirements, a couple of years of 
admin work or like a, a couple of years of sales work or something like that, you know, so you can show mm -hmm. us that you've worked somewhere for a couple of years, you know how to deal with people, et cetera, et cetera. But then I really pushed, and it did, I mean, not that we had a fight about it, but like I really kind of like encouraged Stephen to allow me to add a line in at the bottom, which just said that like the requirements are ideal, but not binding. And if you think that this is something that you're interested in, apply. Because I just think about my own route um, and I have always done jobs that I never had any experience for. Yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah. so, and also like we, you know, we were kind of bouncing around like, do we want this person to be college educated in any way? Like, is that a thing that might be useful? And then I was like, I can't in good faith what, <laughs> put that in an application because I don't have a degree. Mm -hmm. yep. so like how can i it just doesn't seem you know it just doesn't seem right to yep. me it's like you need a degree to be an assistant for the guy that didn't go to university <laughs> it's like <laughs> i can't i just can't do that but so yeah like uh, you know in theory like on paper the, the best candidate for a job like this would be somebody who has already done something like this before but mm -hmm. we could find somebody who is just who's who's perfect for us an enthusiastic smart uh, person for the job who you probably couldn't afford if they were like you know into their career. Yeah, that's what you, that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, like so. Yeah, that, we've got a bunch of applications. Um, cool. I don't know how to feel about all of this. It's uh, as, as I said to Stephen today. I feel like I'm just going to vomit everywhere. Like that's kind of my. <laughs> <laughs> Why? It's just it's so like nerve wracking and daunting to me. Wait, like, what, what's what's so nerve wracking about it? Hiring someone? Yeah, it's or, like a big deal. Yeah, it is. But like, just think about it. Like you, I mean, you give money to like services. I I don't know. I don't think it's that huge of a deal. It's it's more that it's like this is this is a nerve wracking step because it's this. It, there's a lot of there's a lot things going on here right like we're now going to devote a lot of time into this and like we need to find the right person and yeah this stuff is just difficult to do and you know part part of the time part is like we, we're hiring an assistant because we need more time back and now we're about to spend a bunch of time trying to find an assistant you're investing mm -hmm. though it's investing mm -hmm. in your future in the future yep that's what they tell me. So yeah, it is. Uh, I'm I'm very excited about it because I have hired people in the past and I really enjoy interviewing people. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I really like it. I, I like seeing how people interact and, and present themselves. Um, I find that to be a very interesting experience to go through. Have you ever interviewed anybody? Um, no, I've never interviewed anyone. Oh, weirdly, my wife and I just went through that because we just hired a nanny. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Yeah, so that was that. I think that was my first time going through that whole process. Arguably, uh, hiring somebody to look after your child is more important than someone to look after my spreadsheets. So no, no, you're wrong about that. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like, I've seen your spreadsheets, man. They need a lot of help. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm excited about it, but it's also like, what what is going to happen? Like, it's, this just feels like such a huge change. That like I have no idea what it, everything's going to look like in like three months. Oh mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you know. But the, I think the thing, the fact that they're remote, means it's not like you have an office culture. Yeah, 
you know, that's going to well, change necessarily, mm-hmm. you know. There, there is there's stuff to think about like that, but yeah, it, it, it doesn't, it makes less of an impact, but there are going to be, there's just, there are just different considerations to make when there's somebody yeah. else there, you know. And yeah. it's just going to be strange, I think, for me and Steven to, to work that way. Just in this, it's just in a new way, right? Like it's everything, everything will be different post hiring this person. Yeah, one thing you can do, uh, which I maybe this is a common thing to do. I think Basecamp does this, and I'm sure a lot of other companies where it's just kind of an understood trial period that you set for three months or six months or something, where it's just clear that you know a good fit, you know, a good culture fit is important, and so yeah. you kind of set, you know make it clear to them that there's like this period where if after that time, you know, it doesn't work out, you have an out that isn't as awkward as just like firing someone. Yeah. It's like know? a, like a probation. Yeah. Um, that's, that's pretty standard in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, oh really? Yeah. Like yeah, when my bank job, I was on a probation. I was on a six month probation mm-hmm. um, and everybody was like, you, you kind of, there is a very, very common here to be put on a, on a probationary hiring like you have a few months probation is a really negative term it makes here. it sound like you you you're, you're <laughs> illegal in some way yeah. like <laughs> yeah yeah like probate you only go and in, in like the u.s you would only say that someone is on probation after they've done something wrong like you don't <laughs> no one ever starts on probation like yeah, probation yeah. is like the first step it's like okay you're on probation and if you mess up again you're fired or you're like out or whatever yeah it is it is like that that word definitely holds that meaning here so it's a really strange oh, one. really <laughs> it's like guilty until proven innocent is basically how you start all employment in this country. <laughs> like two strikes like you yeah. already have two strikes and they're just taking a strike away whenever yeah. after like six months it's like we hired you that was your first mistake <laughs> Yeah, seems, trial really weird. trial period is a better is a better term <laughs> i think <laughs> oh get out of town you're fired that's what like donald trump our president says mm-hmm. you're fired you're fired i'm gonna look at your kickstarter here oh yeah to get the, the latest facts and figures mm-hmm. what's it up to uh i'm looking i'm looking, I'm looking. like 25 something oh, like wait. that that's not the right one. Which well is done. bonkers. Like we don't we we are very uh blown away by this one. Like the previous Kickstarters, they they the money differed in both of them, right? Because we were offering different rewards, but the mm-hmm. backer level was the same. It was four hundred and seventy nine backers or something for Kickstarter uh-huh. one and two. And we've crossed six hundred this time. Nice. Yeah. A growing audience. Yeah, I, I, that is that's definitely part of it because the audience has gotten bigger. Um, I also think like the the people I think have a better understanding now of what the Kickstarter is um, mm-hmm. and, and kind of what it what it gets you. Like because we've done it, this would be like the third time, and it's bigger and better this year, right? We're adding more places, more shows, and the re- the reward is really good. Um, and so like yeah I, I think it's been a bit of a perfect storm for us um and adding a stretch goal so if you don't know because maybe i'm talking a little bit vague about this um i i host another show called the pen addict um it's a show about pens and paper and f- for the last two years uh i have flown over to atlanta where my co-host brad lives 
to participate in a in a pen show. It's like a like a trade show. Like a people will go and they'll buy pens, and there are like events and stuff. They happen all over the world, like in big cities. And uh, my co-host Brad has a company called Knock, and and they make pen cases, and and they they launched their company from a successful Kickstarter, and we kind of put this Kickstarter on every year now for the Pen Addict podcast where I fly out and we record an episode in person live and we, we video it and the the episode goes out as normal to, to the listeners of the show but if you back the Kickstarter you get a video version of the show um, which we don't usually do and it's nicely produced and we shoot video of the pen show as well as the recording of the episode and last year we had an audience of like 230 people um, and we're doing it again this time uh, but what's different is we added the DC pen show, so we're going to Atlanta and then DC and doing a show there. And then we funded in 24 hours, which was just <laughs> mind-blowing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then we added a stretch goal, which we never did before, because um, the, the folk over at Field Notes in Chicago said, like, why don't you add a stretch goal and come here and record an episode in our studio with us? So we were like, heck yeah, we're going to do that. And then we added a stretch goal and we met that stretch goal in 24 hours. Uh, and it's been pretty wild. And we've got like a week, just over a week left on the Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I don't know where it's going to end up. And we, it's, this one is, every year it takes us by surprise. Um, but I think this year has been the biggest surprise so far. Mm -hmm. Like, because our our audience has really kind of gotten behind it and are pushing it. And we have big plans for next year now um, that we're going to start thinking about because we're kind of starting to see that we can, we can do cool things here. And we have, we've people we, are interested. Yeah, like people are exactly. Interested. And we've, mm -hmm. we've had this plan for something that we've wanted to do since the first one, but it seemed like a really like overly ambitious thing. Um, but we're thinking about, seeing if we can try and get the ball rolling for next year pretty soon so we can try and I think it that. makes perfect sense I mean it's like it's a podcast for people who are nerds yep. about this one thing and then you can all physically you can like get together and nerd out about your thing and it's and then you get a physical yep. like product that's nerd it's just like per I mean to me it feels like perfect yeah and, like, and, it, and it works feels, right it, feels perfect. it is yeah. a show about pens so in essence the audience has disposable income and, yeah, probably yeah <laughs> and we're like and and i think with the pen addict people that listen to the pen addict they love the show because where else are they gonna listen to people talk about pens right like that it's <laughs> just like there aren't many places in your life that that you can get that sort of stuff except for on mm -hmm. the show so they tend to yeah. really enjoy the show and we're making you know a cool product that's related to the show that's a reward and videos and you know, like it's it's a whole little package, and one thing now, like having done this for the third year in a row, people were expecting it, right? Like they know it's coming yeah. in kind of lean like the the first couple of months of the year, and it's yeah, you know, it's becoming its own little event, right? Like the Atlanta Pen Show, which is kind of the home of this thing now. Like the, the entire show has grown, like the attendance of the show has grown because we oh, do really? our thing there. Yeah, they. I think it was something. I think something like it doubled year over year from um when oh, really? we from the from the year that we were first there like it was twice the attendance of the year before or something like that like huh. it makes a big difference because we're bringing people th there's no reason that somebody from like New York would go to the Atlanta Pen Show that go to the New yeah. York Pen Show 
But like we're giving people a reason to travel. I mean, some people traveled from other places in Europe to come to it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it was Jeez. incredible. Um, and it's because it's becoming like a little weekend event thing. Like me and Brad are yeah. there the whole time because we're selling Brad's products. Like you can come up and talk to us and buy stuff from us and chat. Uh -huh. And then we do like a big meetup and we have like a little party. And then the next day we do the, the live recording of the show and there's an audience. And if you're there, like we try and get you in, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. So it's become like this, this whole thing. And it's kind of incredible, really. Cool. It's uh. It must feel really nice to like physically meet people, like oh, especially yeah. with pins. You know, people can bring, you know, it's like a whole thing. So. It's awesome. Like everybody hangs out. There's like there's already an understood thing that everyone could talk about, and you can have things to show yeah. to each other. And it's just like a really great vibe. Like people just like taking over these tables in the bar, and just there's just pens and ink all over the tables, and people just grabbing them and writing with them. And, it's a whole thing. And like if if it's a thing that interests you, it's like this is, you know, yeah. this is great. Like when yeah. I when I go to um the pen show, I'm reminded of like when I first started going to stuff like WWDC and it mm -hmm. was like oh the these are people that are interested in what I'm interested in. And I can talk about this stuff with them for the whole time. Right? <laughs> yeah. There's none of this, like <laughs> someone trying to get away from a, yeah. like a nerdy conversation you're having with them. But like yeah. the pen addict, all of the, all of the shows, all the pen shows are like that, but like times 10. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's so much, it's just, it's like, a, like nerd Nirvana, right? Like we're in this environment together and everyone can just talk about like, bleed on paper and like how does the nib feel and like what's the feathering it, it, you know you can just go and go and go and everyone's like you know, it's it's yeah, it's awesome so i'm happy we get to do it and it's uh, having the kickstarter means like i can do it without there being any disruption to me right like it becomes part of my yep. job um we don't have to pay i don't have to pay like it's amazing and then we can make this cool stuff for people and it's yeah it's great and it's great. It sounds like what Kickstarter was made for. So we get, uh, this is the third time that Kickstarter have given us the project we love badge. Um, mm. They've done it for each one. And I've never spoken to them. Like Brad deals with all of this part. But but I, th I think that Kickstarter view this as like, this type of thing is the spirit of Kickstarter. Like, oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah, this is what the platform definitely. was made for. Like XOXO was like, was it the first kickstarter project or like very early like the original exo oh no 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 it no, was no, that was like yeah kickstarter was a couple years old oh, okay that i yeah. don't know where i got that from then we'll ignore but that, that well that was the when perry chen was uh coming up with the idea it was for like he wanted to do an event it was like uh, a concert or that, something that, that's what i'm mixing like, up in my brain yeah and he yeah. was like how great it would it be to pre-sell the tickets so you just know that there is demand for this thing yeah, yeah. It, it just but, you know it just feels like there's no like super weird prototype thing that might never happen and you know yeah. like everything's yeah. like brad has a company that makes this stuff like he knows how long it takes to make the the rewards but the you know but we're making the thing and we deliver the the video like a couple of weeks after it's all shot and you know like it, it works pretty well and it's it's like a small community of people that get to support something that they enjoy. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Are you, uh, so are all three cities in one trip? Like no. you're coming for, 
an extended time or no, going back uh, and forth? Atlanta is in April. DC is in August. Chicago's in, Chicago in October. Oh, yeah. it's a lot of travel. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, like, uh, <laughs> Atlanta's built into my schedule every year now. Like, it's a thing I know what I was going to do. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily, the DC Pen Show is at a time when I was going to be in America for a couple of things. Like, it's in August, mm-hmm. and there, I was maybe going to be making two trips in August, and now this is helping me bridge those, uh, which Oof. is great. And then Chicago, mm-hmm. um, we're doing it at the time that the Release Notes conference is happening, because I was going to be going to Release Notes anyway. Mm-hmm. So now we can bring Brad up for that. So we can do oh, it that's a cool. couple of days before the conference begins. Um, so yeah, there is a Chicago pen show, but it happens two weeks after Atlanta. And it was just like, there's no way we could do this. Mm-hmm. Like to, to go from one to the other, like it, it would have been, it would have been impossible. Like, we, we never would have got it all prepared. Right. You know? And if yeah. we weren't going to do it right, then we weren't going to do it. So, but then we had the idea of October. Nice. So talking about Kickstarter then, how is Glyph production going? Uh, we are waiting to hear there the fitting of the like the parts that got modified for the molds is taking a little bit longer than we thought. Um, they're working on it, so we're kind of it could literally be any day now is when we get like the final final thing and then right into production. So we're just kind of waiting. Uh, and we're you know it's kind of out of our control, so we're just kind of waiting yeah it feels it feels like we've been kind of right on the edge of starting production for the past two or three weeks but it's just they yeah they're having to tweak the molds and they're not getting you know they'll they'll tweak the mold and run a sample and it'll be a little bit wrong so they'll have to tweak it again and it's kind of this back and forth that just it just straight up takes time uh so we're Getting a little impatient, but I think we're we're very close uh, to getting that all resolved and then starting production. And everything's ready, like everything's waiting, and mm-hmm. and so and what like starting production means is like you know you'll make like you know a thousand parts a day, and like those are parts that like we can ship, you know. So it, it is like we are really really close. It's just kind of what does that that mean? They're like sh- shipping where, like directly to Kickstarter backers. Right. Okay. So, like shipping to people, not like shipping to you mm-hmm. to be packaged somewhere else or something. Yeah, because the sh- they do the packaging, they do the assembly and then packaging. Yeah. So huh. they'll- yeah, and we're actually so yeah. T- and typically, we Premier Source will box the stuff up and then send it to our warehouse, and then that's where it ships to customers and Kickstarter backers. But we're considering this time skipping that step and just getting them set up to be able to ship this first batch just themselves straight from the factory uh so that'll you know that'll save a few days uh for the kickstarter backers that are patiently waiting so that'll be nice yeah no that is good right because i guess it's good for you because it's it's streamlining things a little bit more Mm -hmm. well yeah it is i mean the the thing is that they're not set up to do like shipping so we have to like generate the labels and but it's funny because we we, when we thought we were going to get be done ready for uh christmas we had like set up this all this stuff to like really no. like <laughs> streamline everything and then <laughs> we had to skip that so it's like well <laughs> we might as well still do that <laughs> so yeah it's funny that's very streamlined like three months early that's yeah i know yeah, streaming <laughs> that know. line <laughs> well i feel bad because we're still ahead of schedule like according to like what we said of the kickstarter campaign or, or well not not anymore we said we said january 
So we failed. Oh, I'm sorry about that. That's throwing the towel. Horribly. Close enough. (laughs) Close enough. What's the longest delay you had? I mean, according to what we said versus when we actually delivered, it's probably Cosmonaut. I think we said April or June for Cosmonaut, and it ended up being December. Yeah, that's a biggie. That was the worst. That was a dark time. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, though, because I think it was particularly a a dark time because it was the first time something, like, went wrong. Right, Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, And so, like, unpredictably went wrong. And so now I don't think it would be as dark of a time because it's like, yeah, yeah, that happens. (laughs) I got my fidget cube, you know. You did? I was expecting (sighs) that thing to take forever to come, yeah. Yeah. Cool. How quick of a turnaround was that? It was like a couple months, three months? It was very quick, I think, like for for a Kickstarter campaign. Um, Uh Like I got it, I got it like two weeks ago, I Uh think. And probably like three months or I forget when that thing ended. I'm going to take a look now and find out. They estimated delivery in December. And it was funded in October. End of October is when it got funded, and huh. I got it. I got it like mid Jan or something. How many backers did they end up having? Oh, was, are you sitting right incredible. there? Incredible. Let me see. Uh, they had one hundred and fifty-four thousand nine hundred and twenty-six backers for six point four million dollars. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of fidget cubes. It's, it is. I tell you what. It is. It is exactly what I wanted it to be. Well, that's good, yeah. right? Like, I'm I'm glad to hear that. My <laughs> my impression of it, and I this might be true for some people, but pro- I guess wrong for you is that it seemed like the type of thing where the it's like an impulse purchase where yeah. the the gap in time is doesn't <laughs> do the product any favors. Where it's like yeah. you get it in the mail and you're just like, oh, like I don't really want this anymore. Like I, I wanted it that. three months ago, but I now can it's see like, that oh, for sure. Now like, I have this thing. This is something you would buy when you were when you're in the bookstore, mm-hmm. yeah, right. And you see it, you're like, oh yeah, I'm a fidgeter, and then you pick it up, and then that's it. Uh, yeah, but it came and it was like. For me, at least, it was like, yeah, I remember why I ordered this. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it, it, it's 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 stupid, and it's like, <laughs> well, yeah, but that's fine, you know. But There's that's but that's that it stupid. though, right? Like, it's yeah. stupid, but it's like, it's not trying to be not stupid. No, it it, <laughs> it knows it's stupid, and and that's yeah. but that's what's so great about it, you know? Yeah. Well, that's mm-hmm. great that they they uh, delivered so quick. That's always really good to hear when they're like on time, and that's like. And especially when they got huge like that, that's really good. Mm-hmm. I assume mm-hmm. that when you get to a certain size, like a super large size like that, it either gets a lot easier to deliver or a lot harder. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't mm-hmm. just stay exactly as you thought it might go. It either becomes way easier or way more difficult. I think in the case of that, because it's from what I can remember, basically all injection molded parts. Yeah, uh, like you could. If you have the capital, you could get it to where they're making ten thousand a day. Like yeah. you can really easily pump them out. So that's. But if you're like Pebble and it's like a piece of electronics that has to be yep. tested and assembled and quality control, it becomes like a nightmare. Yeah, this so, is this is a collection of switches that they got off the yeah. shelf from a Chinese manufacturer, right? Like that's what this <laughs> thing is, right? Like, yeah. and, and the thing is, like, I don't think it's trying to pretend to be something else. You know, 
Like, yeah. I, I think it is well aware of that. It really shows that they did their due diligence and yeah. they really, they were like ready and stuff. So that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, they, they, they got it done. And like, it is, it's to say, like, it's what it is. And what it is, is something that's kind of awesome. silly and fun. It was funny mm. to me that like in the weeks leading up to mine arriving, I was getting a bunch of Instagram and Facebook ads for like cheap knockoffs. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Which is very funny. Man, some of that stuff is so like I uh, I ordered some New Balance shoes via the New Balance app like a couple weeks ago, and literally I ordered it, and then I would say maybe two hours later there were already ads in my Instagram feed for the shoes that I already bought from New Balance. Yep. It's just like, well, guys, first of all, <laughs> like you, you're wasting money here. Because I'm I'm already a shoes. customer. Like that's my favorite thing of Amazon, right? Like. I bought a TV on Amazon, and now I keep getting Amazon advertising TVs to me. It's like, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to buy another one. I'm good for TVs. <laughs> tell your friends. Tell your friends. Yeah, I don't know. But it was also interesting to me how quickly that um, oh, yeah. got propagated in. Yeah. So like we have, a, we have a sponsor on a couple of other shows that make watches. Uh-huh. Like fashion watches that they're like well priced fashion watches that kind of thing, and uh, I, I they wanted to send me one, so I take a, took a look for their thing, and I was looking up one of them and chose the one that I wanted, and I told them, and then I started getting YouTube ads for the exact watch. Yep, mm-hmm. like that stuff is genius. Oh, like there's a company like it, that called Edelkrone who make like video gear, like or like camera mm-hmm. gear. And mm-hmm. I've been getting their ads for like for weeks, and I finally bought something. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I don't know why, like, but it knew, like, YouTube somehow knew that I would oh, yeah. be a person that they should be advertising video gear to. Things are pretty crazy now. Things are pretty crazy with all that stuff. But the thing is, I'm super happy with this thing that I bought <laughs> because yeah. it was something that I was looking for but didn't know existed. And, you know, like I knew something that I wanted to achieve, like a look that I wanted to achieve, but on a budget. And like, it's this little thing that I can attach my camera to and it's got wheels and you can move it backwards and forwards. Oh, Um, it's a little dolly for doing dolly shots or something? Yeah, and you can like, you can angle the wheels so it goes around in a circle and stuff. Like, and, and it's super simple. You can attach a camera to it or a phone to it and it's also got this like mount so you can like, mount the you can like point the the camera up and down and that kind of stuff and it's like that that was what i was looking for like a super manual way to do like a slide like for the camera to move right i don't know the terms Mm -hmm. and they also make this little slider this tiny little electric slider thing but it's like months back ordered but it's like that that is a product that i that i wanted and Mm -hmm. but didn't know existed and then this ad told me about it and i kept getting the ad and then eventually i broke down i bought the thing and now it's here and i'm really (laughs) happy with it (laughs) you've been targeted mike yeah but the thing is i'm cool with that (laughs) you know like if if it's stuff that that is could be of use to me like i don't i don't care like it's it's when it's stuff that's like i also get a bunch of ads for like um those trading apps like stock trading apps. Oh, yeah. I get constantly, and a friend of mine, same age, kind of same income bracket, like gets the same. And said, so this is pointless. Like, I'm never going to do this. <laughs> Mike, Mike, maybe, maybe you do need to start trading. Trading? 
Yeah. Like go to, Maybe that's go to what the world's telling you. Mm, I gotta give this up and start doing yeah. some small trades. Day trading. Day trading. <laughs> I'm all about the day trading now. But it's like that stuff is pointless. Like, and they're just trying to like attract a certain group, but it's not working. Well, not to some people. No, well, just yeah, tar- you're, they just didn't do their targeting as good. That's, that's what all. I mean. That's that's what I mean by pointless. Like the product isn't pointless. I'm sure. Like people enjoy it. People make money out of it. Whatever. But like, I'm, I'm just comparing it to some of the other stuff, and it's like for me, it's it's pointless that they've not they're not showing me something that's interesting. So like, I I don't care about it. But when I see something that's of interest to me, then then it's useful, and I'm I'm happy to receive the ad. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Our, our AI overlords will uh, learn to track us all and target us perfectly, and then we'll just we'll be pleasant, pleasantly surprised every day. People are just going to see. If you listen to this show, you're going to start seeing like thoroughly considered ads and like yeah. brief ads and yeah ads to come and work for me you're getting targeted dear listener right now Mm -hmm. thoroughly considered as a joint production between relay fm and studio meet to find out more about this episode go to relay.fm slash tc slash 24